Hello and welcome to the Aid Station. I'm Chris Robb and today hugely excited to be heading to Calgary in Canada where we meet Kirsten Fleming, the Executive Director of Run Calgary. Hi Kirsten, great to see you. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, wonderful. And, uh, and, and you've got a great story to tell and, and obviously no one's going to tell that better than yourself. So why don't we start by giving you a bit of an opportunity just to share a little bit of the Kirsten story, please. Yeah, well, I am a runner first and I came into the endurance space um, as a runner and kind of like intentionally by accident. I think like most people, I have a previous life, we like to say. Um, which, you know, that's, I think, why our, our space and our industry is so amazing because people come from all of these backgrounds are hugely creative and bring these like wide range of skill sets. Um, and the skill set that I brought was coming from journalism. And, you know, in the beginning, I don't know that I thought there was a ton of crossover, but I recognize now the many, many things that I learned um, working 10 years in TV, telling stories and, you know, interacting with people um, and coming into this endurance space. It's now been eight years. I've been at the Scotiabank Calgary Marathon and run Calgary. Um, and it's just a dream job. I, I absolutely love it. And I feel so fortunate to have kind of fallen into it. That's fantastic. And you were telling me before we started recording that you, you met Sir Richard Branson and, and, and he said your face just lit up when you spoke about running and, and, and you give him some credit for you ending up in this yeah. role managed to score one of the interviews with him, a one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, you make a little bit of chit-chat while the camera guy's getting the lights set up and everything. And we were talking about running and cycling. That's his passion. Um, and he said, you know, that's, your, that's what you should be doing is your face just lit up. I was new to running. You know, the new runner glow. And I was just so into it. And, and he was like, I think you should find a way to make running your job. And I was like, well, I'm not a good runner. I just like it. And he's like, no, there's a whole industry built around it. Um, and, you know, it didn't happen immediately. But I left TV about six months later uh, and when I started to think about what I was going to do next, I was living in the Middle East and I started volunteering at um, races there. And when I came back to Canada, I was like, do people get paid to put on races and started poking around? And when I first reached out to um, the Calgary Marathon, the then marketing director said, yeah, I could use, you know, some, somebody to help with um, uh, media and um, some sponsor activation. So I kind of got my foot in the door and then just a crazy turn of events is that she actually reached out to me because she was going to move to Dubai where I had just come from and you know went for dinner and I was like I'm going to take your job lady so here we are. <laughs> and there you are. Wow what a fantastic story and, and so what what's life like been over the last few months with COVID and you mentioned that your event would have been two weeks ago and, and that's been postponed for the time being or cancelled? Yeah so we've gone virtual so neither. <laughs> that's, that's the line we've gone virtual in, in uh, 2020 and it's been hugely successful I think early days obviously like everybody we were you know reeling from personal and professional mayhem um, and because our event was in May you know a lot of decisions had to happen very quickly mm. um, I was in California when this all started so I came back to Canada and had to quarantine from my family um, so there was lots of times to to work I mean it was just really like two weeks of around the clock from six in the morning till midnight as most race directors can attest um, of calls and and um, planning really because you needed you know there was about at one point I think 30 different potential outcomes and budgets so it was uh, a really chaotic I'd say eight weeks we have three events in the spring the Scotiabank Calgary Marathon being uh, the large one the largest one but we have a couple of other larger ones um, so it was just really like a lot of communication with partners, charities, um, stakeholders, 
and participants and trying to be as transparent as possible. And going back to my journalism background, I mean, I just obviously believe in the power of communication. And from the very beginning, we knew that we wanted to be as transparent as we could be with everyone and as quickly as we could be. So I think it's one thing to make a decision. It's another to communicate it very quickly. So people are feeling that they're brought along on the journey. And I think we all saw cases um, over the last couple of months of not just in our own industry, but at large organizations that did that really well and really poorly. So um, we wanted to be on the right side of history. So it's been, it's been a lot of work. I, I like a good challenge. This was not one that I, you know, um, ever wanted, but I think uh, early on, I just decided to lean in and embrace what was happening. um, And, you know, what can we learn from it? And I just, I didn't want it to be this struggle. So our team has made a very conscious decision of checking in with one another and um, just being really supportive and giving people the space they need to have bad days and also like trying to pull out the good when we can. So it's been really interesting and kind of like, you know, I I can't wait for things to go back, but I feel like, uh, or if they go back to any sense of normal, but I think, you know, we're all going to be stronger for it. I've learned so much. Yeah, it's, it's presented so many opportunities, hasn't it? It's just just amazing. And I think, um, you know, we were talking before, so many people out running. I think there's this real demand and, and, and I think it's gonna, there's going to be some amazing things that, that are going to come out of the challenges often happens in life, isn't it? It's, uh, it's one of the things that we, we really get. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, just maybe give people a bit of a sense of, of the size, how many runners you, you were having to deal with and how many people signed up for the virtual event. I mean, it's really all good news stories, I have to say. Um, we have uh, our event in the spring. The first one is a Sport Check Mother's Day. It's a Calgary institution. Um, it's obviously in partnership with a, a major Canadian brand, Sport Check. And because that was a, a specific race to a specific day, we actually ended up just canceling it with 7,000 runners. Um, we still allowed the charities to fundraise. And, you know, it was the best possible outcome given that that would have been very early in May. Um, the event that we do at the end of May, the Scotiabank Calgary Marathon, is about 14,000 people. And we had 50% of our participants already registered at the point when we suspended registration, um, which would have been March 12th. So we went virtual about, uh, I guess it would have been early May or late April. We decided and announced that we were going virtual. And the response has been overwhelming. I mean, we gave people the opportunity to defer at 100% to a future year. And the numbers kind of played out the way we anticipated. We looked to our friends at Flying Pig and, you know, other races that had just done similar to what we were doing. And the the numbers were similar to what they saw. Um, But what really surprised us was the additional thousand people who signed up at, you know, our our normal rates to say, yeah, sign me up for virtual. I want to support Run Calgary. I want you guys to be around. I want to put my fitness to the test. Um, so we've become a full-time fulfillment center, just like most race directors, <laughs> um, but we are really embracing virtual and we've just launched um, what would have been our stampede, the Calgary stampede virtual yeah. race, which we already had in the books mm-hmm. um, and it sold out in three days. And so we have a few more really incredible partnerships um, with our fall races that we've decided to take virtual that I think have some unique offerings. And, you know, we know that race directors all over the world are going virtual um, and that the pie is smaller for virtual than there is, you know, and there's, you know, so many runners who are going to sign up for a real in-person event and fewer who are on board with virtual for now. Um, so we have like really hyper-localized. We're really just trying to keep our runners in our city engaged 
I've been mailing packages to Australia and China, yeah. uh, not, not to Bali yet, <laughs> um, but really our marketing reach and who we're speaking to is a very local Calgary market. And we were really encouraging curbside pickup and people are coming and the interactions that we're able to have because we're not in a race weekend where, you know, things are so rushed. It's like giving me the opportunity to get to know some of our runners who know me by name and, you know, are, I would say, run Calgary loyalists. Like they come to all of our events. We have seven a year. Um, so there's been some real nice surprises out of this that I hadn't anticipated. And the virtual thing, you know, it's not what I signed up for, but we're really embracing it. Wow, that sounds amazing. There must have been in amongst all that you, you spoke about working from six till midnight and whatever. What would you say the biggest challenge that you, you faced during this period of time? Uh, I think keeping the stoke high. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's, it's taken a lot of energy to, and sustained energy um, from early days of making decisions and then coming up with a whole new plan and then just keeping the team motivated on track and being excited uh, about, you know, all the, th the, the things that we're offering, because it's not, you know, our first choice, or frankly, my hundredth. Um, I mean, I would rather be getting up at four in the morning and checking that pylons are in place this spring. Yeah. Um, but, of, I, and I think really wise, like we love to create, like our team is so creative and we just love to create, but the payoff of creating is seeing it come together yeah. and seeing people's faces when they get to enjoy what you've created. So virtual, you know, it removes the in-person element. And so obviously like we're all following along everyone's journey, but I think keeping the stoke high and not having the big payoff of the race day um, has been probably one of my largest challenges. For me, I mean, I'm a enthusiastic, optimistic person. Um, and even I've had, you know, challenging days just like everyone. And so as a leader, it's also, you know, my job to bring people along and, and help keep that stoke high. And it's been, it's been tough some days. And so, and what are some of the techniques? So, as a, as a leader, what are some of the things you do? And for you know, for someone who's who's listening, some practical tips for how you kept the stoke high, and 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 some of your kind of leadership principles. How big is the team you're leading? Well, it's a little smaller these days, but it's four people full time. We're yeah. a small but mighty team. We we did have to, you know, um, temporarily hopefully lay off some of our contractors. Yeah. Uh, but our core team of four people, I'm so fortunate we've been able to keep everybody together. We, you know, we went from doing every day's Zoom calls, Monday to Friday, kind of first thing in the morning, um, to scaled back once of the, some of the biggest decisions had been made. I don't need to be micromanaged. I think early on we were all making decisions so quickly. But I think we would spend the first five or ten minutes of every morning kind of just trying to keep it light, checking in with everyone. You know, my husband would give me the question of the day to ask everyone. So we weren't like, how are you? It was sort of like, you know, we would joke around like, what has your partner done this week that's annoyed you? And, you know, we, we really were focusing on what other people were doing and what we could learn. So we had things like, you know, Fridays, we have to, you know, bring, bring an idea that you've seen from another race. And we were doing, you know, like what some other teams were doing with happy hours or, you know, <laughs> a couple of cocktails in the afternoon for, for a meeting just to check in with everyone. And then once we implemented our back to work strategy and could get back to the office, which I have to say, I've never been so happy to go to work before. Um, you know, we have been giving everybody a lot of space to make their own decisions. Um, but everyone's just been so game to come back to work and get to it. And uh, it's, it's been really nice. I think our team doesn't, I haven't really needed to stoke the fire as much lately because people are pretty pumped about virtual and what we're doing. And 
that's being projected back on us. So it's it's allowing us the space to enjoy what we've spent the last 10 weeks to really like put together. That's fantastic. And look, isn't it just, you know, to me, it's just so symptomatic of our industry, little teams achieving incredible things. Yeah, I, I guarantee you that there'll be many people in the community that look in from the outside and see the size of your events and think that you've got a team of 15, 20 people that put that together. And, and, and it's just, you know, the incredibleness of our industry, these small groups of passionate, hardworking people that pull off these amazing experiences. It's, uh, congratulations. That sounds absolutely amazing and, and inspiring. And I love, to, I love to end on something inspiring. And I'm sure you've seen so many amazing, inspiring things over the years. But I'd love to hear just a, a story that might inspire people that are watching please yeah i mean i think i got some advice from someone who i respect uh a lot uh also in the event space but she puts on hockey festivals for young girls um specifically young girls and i, I sit on their committee and i've volunteered with them for 10 years and early on she told me you know surround yourself by people who are smarter than you always be a student and don't be afraid to pay people more than you if they're going to help <laughs> take the load off your shoulder and give you some time back and I just think like, uh, I have taken that advice in my career and it really has paid off uh, the last you know, little while just seeing my team rise to the occasion. Um, so I feel like that's reflected at the industry in large. And if, if I'm a runner out there in the world, I think you should be so excited about what comes next because it's gonna be beautiful. The collaboration, this already amazing collaborative industry and my team feels like a microcosm of that, just how we interact. And then I see how it is happening in the larger industry. I just think I'm really excited about what is going to come next. Because as you said, you know, innovation is always, often comes out of crisis. And I think if you're a veteran runner or you're new to the sport, you should be really excited because there's some really cool stuff coming. And I can't wait to get back. I think there's going to be this almost like renaissance or like back to grassroots where people are like not as they don't care as much about all the blame. Don't worry, we're not getting rid of your metal, but like all the things that we've been adding for years to make it bigger and crazier. I just think there's going to be this very pure back to basics, grassroots love of the sport because it's like we've given ourselves the chance to reconnect with just the beauty of running. And I think races will reflect that on the other side and that our local races will just flourish because people are going to want to support the events in their backyard. And I just can't wait. I'm like really excited. 2021, bring it on. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and look, I, I think you're so right. You know, when you look back, I mean, I've been in the industry 35 years ago and a lot of it was run by clubs and it was passionate groups of people and people were out there for the love of running and the connection that came on the, on the course and afterwards. And I totally agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot of elements of that as, you know, people loving getting out back in nature again and your beautiful country. It's, uh, I'm sure you've got so much to offer them. Kirsten, it's been so wonderful to speak. 15 minutes has absolutely flown by and we're a little bit more than that. But thank you so much. I wish you all the very best. And uh, uh, you mentioned that uh, you heard me speak at Running USA. I don't think we, we met in person, but hopefully there'll be an opportunity to meet in the not too distant future. Yeah, thank you for having, uh, having me and I look forward to it. Maybe it'll be in, uh, at one of your events in Asia. That'll be <laughs> wonderful. Love to have you over here. Thank you so much. All the very best. Mm -hmm.